very good morning to everyone on site and everyone online uh, listening and watching us. Uh, welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. You know, sometimes to me, time flies. It's like, oh, it's almost February of 2023 already. And yet sometimes time does not fly long enough because the next public holiday is in April. But as we gather together, you know, when we are young, we can live one week and make 365 days out of it. But as we grow older, we make the 365 days into one day because the day seems to repeat itself. So as we gather here together to worship God, may we just focus this time, this moment, on God himself, herself, and come together and prepare our hearts. Let us prepare our hearts with a call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow the shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are, we are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in the shepherd's, shepherd's care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we, May we dwell, dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Let us now join the worship team in a time of worshipping together. Good morning, church. Welcome to everyone uh, on site as well as uh, those online. Good morning. Um, you may stand uh, in body or in spirit um, or in whatever posture you are comfortable. Um, and this morning, can we invite you to um, be in grateful spirits and uh, enter God's courts with thanksgiving and praise, as the word says, um, despite the struggles that we may be facing. Um, and it's not that we are uh, in denial of these struggles, but um, it's in the knowledge that we have a good and faithful God who hears the cries of our hearts even before we speak them. Um, and uh, we are still here, and we will choose to worship uh, let us sing.
my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise Jesus, our shepherd, inviting you into the secret place. Hear Jesus declare his love for you, the practical, palpable love that casts out all fear. Many thanks to Reverend Miao for introducing this song. May the hymn minister to us all. Strength for toward 
you 
Let's pray together. God, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, the keeper of our hearts and our souls. And so God, this morning we come to you with open hearts, open minds, and we bring our entire beings to you in worship. We come to you as a body of Christ. Worshipping together as your people. We come to you just as we are. With all our joys, our struggles, our pain, our grief. We come to you knowing that God, you love us. And you embrace us. Right at this moment even as we enter into this sacred space with you, God, you are here with us. And we, can, we cannot thank you enough that we can run to you and that your arms are always open to us. God, we pray for one another that we will grow into a community, into a faith community that longs after you, a faith community that longs to grow together in your likeness, a faith community that encourages one another towards growth and wholeness in you. We pray for one another, especially for those who are struggling, whether it's with relationships or family or work, whether it is with health, situations that they may be in or that their loved ones may be in. For those who may be struggling with physical health issues, for those who may be struggling with mental health issues, God, we want to pray that your spirit comes alongside each one. You know and you see each one of us. You see deeply into our souls. You know exactly what we need. So for those of us, God, who need encouragement, will you come? and encourage us. For those of us who need admonishment, will you come and admonish us? For those of us who need your challenge, come and challenge us. Overall, God, we pray that you will lead us. Lead us in the way ahead. Lead us even though we feel like we're stepping into darkness. Lead us because you are our light in the darkness every step of the way. We pray for our world as well that is suffering. We pray especially for those in Turkey and Syria who have been affected so devastatingly by the earthquake. For families who have been displaced, who have lost loved ones. God, we hold them 
in this space. We ask that God, you will bring about aid, that you will bring about salvation, that you will bring about the help that these families need in order to rise up from this very difficult situation. We pray, God, for you to continue moving in us, amongst us, and so that we may be the people that be called not just to be in your likeness, but to love and to extend grace wherever you call us to be. So God, empower us so that we may embody your love in this world that so needs it. As we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Why are you all kind of like stunned like that? Good morning. So I see a lot of um, guests and uh, new faces today. So um, to prime you all a little bit, um, we have been using uh, Menti uh, and a light um, platform, a website uh, that allows us to interact um, as we build the sermon together. As part of the sermon, I will be asking questions and invite you to reflect and you can type it in. And so what you can do is either scan the QR code or just go to the, um, our link, fcc.li slash menti, um, and you will, go to the, you will get to the, um, the menti, and then you know, as the questions pop up, you will get the um, access to, um, to reply, and we'll interact in that way. So um, you can scan the QR code or just go to fcc.li slash menti, okay? Uh, if you didn't get it, um, maybe nudge your neighbor and ask them, you know, hey, what's, the, what's, the code, uh, what's the website again? So I invite you to pray with me. God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. I don't know about you, but 2023 has not started the way I would have liked. And there's a part of me that's asking, can we reboot 2023? And I know of many people who feel the same way, um, and I feel that I'm not alone. And I feel that I've been supported through the challenges that I've faced so far this year. I asked the worship team if they could sing the hymn, You Are Mine, um, because it was, a, it was a song that we sang, um, or at least I sang, uh, during the week at the, at the service at the wake that I was helping out at last week. It was comforting for me and for those at the wake um, who was grieving because we heard God speaking to us personally through it. But what surprised me today, or at least surprised me when they sent me the song list for, the, for, for today, was the other song that they selected for worship. There was 10,000 reasons. I don't think that they do not know for sure um, that that was one of the songs that was selected at the first funeral that I conducted when I came back to serve as pastor. The family picked it, and it, it's not one of the usual songs that you select at a funeral, but it ministered to people at the funeral, and today it ministered to me. 
because it felt as though it was a response. I asked for you are mine, because that was what I felt God ministering to me last week. And God reaffirmed that support through this song in the connection of, you know, um, of death and funeral and comfort during our grief. I'm glad because I felt God's love and affirmation. And though it is not an easy two weeks and it will, I don't think that it will be easy, I know that things will be well. Yeah. So we kicked off this year with the sermon series, uh, Walking Together, based on our vision for 2023 and beyond, walking together towards growth and wholeness in Christ. Pauline started um, the sermon series with burning hearts, inviting us um, to, think, to see that Jesus shows up and is, is, and is present with us as we walk with one another and for hearts to transform from one that was filled with disappointment, confusion and sadness to a heart that's burning with awe, wonder, excitement and a desire to tell others God's story of redemption, hope and divine love that spans through the centuries. Then we talked about mutuality, that we are meant to be tangled up together, right? We are meant to live lives of profound interdependence, growing into, around and out of each other. We may cause pain and loss when we hold ourselves apart because each, because the fate of each individual branch affects the vine as a whole. And in this metaphor, dependence is not a matter of um, personal morality or preference. It's a matter of life and death. Branches that refuse to cling to the vine die. This is from Nadia Boltz-Weber, which I love. Mutuality requires us to abide. And this from Debbie Thomas, um, who I also love, you know. These are people whose ideas uh, help shape influence and help me think about God and expand my ideas about God and explore ideas about God. She says, it's as if Jesus is saying, hang in with, there with me and I'll hang in there with you. Stick it out with me and I'll stick it out with you. The word usually translated as abide and remain actually it sounds better as hang in there, hang in there with me, because it has that edgy quality about it. And I reflected the story where Peter decides to go fishing, right? And his friends told him, we will go with you. He decided to go fishing and we wonder why. It was something familiar, something that he knew what to do and in the, in the space of struggling and the space of feeling that he's, he was unworthy, feeling that he has betrayed Jesus three times, his friends went with him. And often we think that they just followed the leader, right? But I thought, what if they knew what Peter was going through and they knew the thing that they could do for him was to just be there for him? Just like Job's friend who showed Job's friends who show up to support him in his grief and mourning and sat there in silence for seven days and seven nights. 
The latter part, when they try to explain things, not necessarily helpful, but the part where they go to him and sit with him and be with him, just like the other disciples going with Peter, was a kind of support that we can do for each other. That's what we should do with each other. That's what walking with each other and supporting each other and encouraging each other looks like. Then the following week, and I'm bringing you a whirlwind of our sermon series, Pauline shared about flourishing, reflecting on the Beatitudes. You are blessed and flourishing when you face difficult situations that lead you closer to God and lead you closer to becoming whole and complete. It's, it's important to, to see, though, that the trials and challenges we face are not put to test us, but it's how we grow from them, how we emerge out from these challenges, how we lean into God that helps us grow. Then, we also remember that we don't endeavour to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God, to earn God's blessings. We do justice, love mercy and walk humbly because we are always and already blessed. It is not an exchange. It's not a transaction. It is a response. Because both the basis of what lies underneath all that there is a fundamental difference. Even transactional, then we will think that we may not deserve God's love when we fail. But if we come from the space acknowledging that we are already blessed, then we'll do our best and not, be, uh, not see ourselves as unworthy when we fail. And we would fail, but we'll not lose God's love. I love how um, the message version of the Bible puts it, you know, from Matthew um, chapter 5, verse 48. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives in you. Then I talked about reconciliation, because when we walk together, we will inevitably experience conflict. If there's no conflict, then we are probably just being very surface with one another and we are not really being authentic. And learning that reconciliation is restoration of relationships. It's not resolution. Resolution is about dealing the situation and issue in a way where we know, to coming to the uh, decision or the conclusion that both parties are agreeable to. But resolution doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is restored. And reconciliation is about restoration of relationship. And that might, not, that might mean that we may not end up with a resolution. We might not end up with where we both agree on the same thing. We can disagree about something, and yet be in right relationship with one another. There are many things that we disagree about in life. Your political, um, you know, your political views, which party you support, um, even your theological views might be different. We do not need to agree. 
yet be in right relationship with one another. And to be able to seek reconciliation, we need to be firmly anchored in trusting that we are beloved and worthy. And when we make mistakes, even when we make mistakes, and even when we fail, we are not any less beloved. And then last, trusting that in, in this belovedness means that we are able to feel safe and reach out to make amends and reconcile with those we are conflict with. Then last week, Pauline shared about integrity. And she says, if we read Jesus' words from Matthew 5 about murder, anger, reconciliation, adultery, lust, divorce, and oath-making in this more communal context, if we read them as instructions given in the hope of building and sustaining a community that is both blessed and commissioned to bless, what, ver what version of God might emerge? And what, God, what version of God that we see is a God that, who wants us to treat each other with the deepest respect, integrity, and love. God is more interested in us living whole, undivided lives of integrity rather than following rules blindly. Living our whole lives of integrity means that we increasingly align our words and behaviour, that's exterior, with our hearts and our values, which is our interior. And so we arrive today at the last sermon of the sermon series that lays the foundation of our vision and where we are heading to before we move into the season of Lent um, and the sermon art called Ashes. I want to talk about resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back after challenging situations. After storms in our lives, we pick up the pieces and journey on. Resilience is about adapting successfully to challenging and difficult circumstances. The word resilience has been bandied around quite a bit, especially after we emerged out of the COVID-19 pandemic. All living things adapt to their environment. So I want to ask you, how do you deal with, adapt to, or bounce back after difficult or challenging situations? Think about it. How do you deal with, adapt to, or bounce back after difficult or challenging situations? Not an easy question, right? It requires you to admit that there are difficult, challenging situations, and you might be still in the process of dealing with them, and you have not gotten through over the other side, you are still in the tunnel, and it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I want to invite you to enter that space, to think about it. Try again after reflection. Um, I really appreciated when I was reading it um, and I was reflecting on um, Brian McLaren's um, perspective of Peter and saying that Jesus chose Peter because Peter was a fisherman. You know, fishermen, what do they do? They fish. But they don't, get, they don't catch fish all the time. They have to try and try and try again. They fail more often than not. And that's perhaps one of the characteristics of Peter. Try again. Seek help and support, yes. Write about it, reflect and share. 
and process through, focus on the future and not despair, see that it's a continuous learning, meditate and pray for clarity, take a breather, leave to somewhere to sort out the thoughts and get back stronger, yes. Cry and reflect, yes. This is the thing. During the wake, um, there were some people telling others, don't cry. And I was holding back very a lot and trying to say that, let people cry. It's okay to cry. Other, rather than holding it all in, right? Find time to re, um, rest and recover. That is not a good way to adapt to or bounce back from difficult challenges. Porn. Yes, some people use it. Thank you for your honesty. Mobile phone games. Yes. Thank you for your honesty as well. But they, do, they bring us through by numbing our feelings, numbing our sensations, numbing our, no, numbing our emotions and not dealing with them or pretend sweep under the, the rug, right? So these, there are ways that are not helpful. And I will share with you mine. But thank you for being vulnerable to share porn and mobile games, right? Pray. Yeah, prayer is... is very common. Forgive myself and walk on. Meditate on the word, Jesus, I trust in you. Yes. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. Embrace the new, leave the old behind. Trust God to see you through the change and intentionally look out for blessings and even in the setbacks. Grief, cry a lot, have faith, stay positive, journal, introspection, Reflecting on my inner, internal disturbances and surrendering to the responses that aligns with my values. Thank you. Thank you all of you for contributing your reflections. There are definitely ways that are helpful and unhelpful or adapting. There were several ways that were unhelpful uh, because they do not address the problems. So if someone turns to porn or mobile gaming or some other distraction, whether it's you know, shopping, um, you know, online shopping, you know, Shopee, BBB, or, or, or your Lazada, and you buy, 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 and you, know, you feel a, a, a dopamine rush, but when the things arrive, your house gets cluttered and you wonder, hmm, I still, feel, I still struggle with those feelings. Right? <clears throat> I have in my life acquired unhelpful coping mechanisms as well. I binge on food when I get stressed. You know, chocolate just disappear, right? And I'm grateful that a lot of you have given me chocolate during Christmas. <laughs> I'm glad to say that uh, some of them have survived till now. Uh, uh, some of them have not. Yeah. I also noticed there was an uptick of alcohol consumption during one period, right? During um, COVID. Um, I took more frequent evening drinks, my whiskey on the rocks, until I actually went for a mindfulness course. And, I, and after the mindfulness course, suddenly the, the drinking just stopped. I have not drank for, for a while. You know, my, my, my whiskey collection is all collecting dust, actually. And then I realized that I have been dealing with some things going on inside in unhelpful ways. Not that I became alcoholic, but... You know, uh, I just had one glass, but even a glass is a way of dealing with it. And I wonder, you know, if I didn't go for a mindfulness course, would I have gone down the slippery slope and started drinking more and more, right? And it's an invitation for us to find more helpful ways to deal with negative emotions and feelings. I've discovered, in my experience, many of us 
deal with difficult situ or challenging situations in a way that we think we deserve it. That bad things happen to us because God wanted to punish us. And while um, it is true that some of these things that happen to us are the consequences of our actions, I do not believe that God wants to punish us. These bad things happen because they are consequences of our actions, nothing more and nothing less. So earlier this year, I ran into the pole, I got a deep gash in, uh, on, on my, um, above my eye, on my eyelid, because I wasn't paying attention when I was running, right? It's a, it wasn't punishment, it was a consequence of me not being mindful of my surroundings and being distracted. Right, trying to fiddle with my GPS or my watch while running is not a good idea. Just like talking on a phone or using your cell phone while driving is not a good idea. However, I know that this is an accident that is easy to explain. There are other things that happen in our lives that are more difficult. The death of a loved one, the diagnosis of serious illness, natural disasters like the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. These are things that we often cannot explain. Yet, we human beings want explanations. We have lots of questions. And the one that crops up most often is, why? Why did this happen? Why this? Why not that? Why me? And I want to ask you to think about this. Why do you think we want to know the whys? Why do you think we want to know the whys when something bad happens? You know, when something happens to you or to someone you know, and then you ask, why? How come like that? Why do you think we want to know? Very good, huh? A lot of you give the answers like, well, I don't need to preach already. The first one that came about, to be in control. Or to give ourselves the illusion of control. Because if we know why, then we can control, right? If we know why someone, you know, why, what causes cancer, then we can control it so that we won't get it, right? But we all know life isn't like that. We want to solve the problem, yes. We want closure, yes. We like certainty, yes. We want to minimize anxiety because we want to know. It's easier to deal with things when there's a logical explanation. Yes, excellent. To know the nature of God, if there's a God. Yeah, that's a question, right? Why do bad things happen to good people? Be our own saviour, yes. It's our way of trying to reason with the circumstances, yes. Rationalising it, learning from our mistakes, yes. Asking why isn't necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying that don't ask why. Because sometimes we can explain. We can know why. But most of the time we can't. Right? To fix and prevent it. Yes, we can fix and prevent certain things. But there are things that are out of our control. Because we are in denial of the fact that we committed an error. Yes, like I'm the boss. Validation, so that we can solve. Try to stop it from happening again. Have something to blame. Yes. We just want to blame something else, right? From the very first story in the, you know, um, of humanity, Blame. Why? You know, God asked Adam and Eve, you know, how come you ate the fruit? The woman told me to. And the woman said, the, the serpent told me. Blame. 
not taking responsibility in some ways. Curious, the disbelief that it's you to make sense of our world. Yes, we try to make sense of the world. Yeah. Thank you. At the root of the question why is fear. Knowing why helps to give us a sense of certainty, like some of you said, and security. Otherwise, life will be random. But life is random. And this randomness is scary. And when we seek to know the whys, we can be very much like the folks who approach Jesus in Luke chapter 13. In Luke chapter 13, it reads, At the very time there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because, this, that because these Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other people living in Jerusalem? No. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. We often read this passage as though, you know, that if we do not repent, we'll be killed in some accident like the towel falling down. That is a misreading of what Jesus said. Jesus said, no. The Galileans did not suffer in this way because they were worse sinners. No, though, and those who were killed when the tower fell on them were no worse. Rather, Jesus is saying, we should not judge others based on the misfortune they are, or suffering they are going through. Instead, he's warning them, don't think that you got away. Therefore, you are right with God. Rather, instead of worrying about what happened and thinking that what happened is a consequence of other people's you know, misfortune or suffering, turn away from sin and live in alignment with God's will. Our behaviour and how we live our lives is not, should not be out of a fear of punishment from God. It should be coming from a desire to be in align with God's will. We want to know the answers like why bad things happen to people because we want to avoid these difficult things. And that's why these people went to Jesus and asked, um, you know, those Galileans who got slaughtered by Pilate, um, they were making offerings. They were doing a religious obligation. Why were they killed? Were they more sinful or did they commit some, you know, violation? They were not asking for the benefit of those who died. They were asking for the benefit of themselves. And in some ways, maybe they were trying to justify themselves. Oh, I siam, right? I avoided the calamity. So God must be pleased with me in some way or another. Even though I did not go and do the religious obligations or make those offerings. We need to be in correct alignment. And I think that 
like. We want to know something, because we don't want to know why because we want to assign blame. And then we want to have in, be in control of our lives. And sometimes, like my accident running into the pole, there are answers. And sometimes, there are no answers. And recently, I asked Ping Kuang if I can share his story, a little bit of his story. And I'll share that with you. And some of you, Ping Kuang is sitting right at the back. Um, you know, you can say hi to him later. Ping Kuang first reached out to us um, in November 2021. And, and, <coughs> and I visited him at home <coughs> almost, not almost, a year ago last February. He's the first wheelchair user who reached out to us. And I really wanted to live out our inclusive values to create a space for all people. We had a few exchanges via email about physical space, whether we are wheelchair accessible, whether our toilet is wheelchair accessible, and so on. And then when I visited Bing Kuang at his home, I was struck by his resilience and positivity and acceptance. He was not miserable and complaining about how unfair things were or how bad his situation was. He looked on the bright side of things. He, was, he, he knew the limitations of what his situation but he was also very um, grateful about where he, he was at that time. He showed me the meaning of surrendering things to God. It is about accepting the situation and at the same time, not give up. He told me about his plans, about rehabilitation and physiotherapy, and he knew that it would take time and effort. And it has been a year, and nowadays, I see him Kyung Kang, you know, crossing his legs, uh, you know, during service. Um, and I know God is working in his healing, on his journey. And I believe that God is working through his difficult situation to bring him and us closer to God and closer to becoming whole and complete. It's about learning how we deal with difficult circumstances. I was hesitant to share his story because I'm also very cognizant that very often when people share their difficult experiences, they are met with responses like, it's not that bad lah. Someone had it worse. It's not that bad that you lost your job. At least you have a roof over your head. Or oh, the classic one, I also have a similar experience and mine is worse than yours. I'm not sharing Bing Kwang's story to tell you to suck it up. That your challenges are not as difficult as his. It's not a competition. I'm sharing with you because there are things and there are key things that help Bing Kwang and these things can help all of us as well. Okay? The first is, Bing Kwang didn't know why he had been suddenly afflicted by a condition that took away his ability to walk. He didn't know. Now also don't know. Being able to accept that we don't know why is important. Because we can get stuck trying to find out why. And thinking that knowing why, we will find resolution or comfort. The reality is, very often, even when we find out why, from my experience, the grief and the pain will not go away. Even if we manage to find out why, we don't we cannot, it doesn't change the present. It doesn't change the situation. We still have to work through and deal with the grief and pain. I used to 
know, want to know the answers to everything. My grandmother will say in, China, in, Mandarin, uh, in Cantonese, meaning you break the, I don't understand this idiom, it's like you ask, you keep asking questions even after, you, you pursue right to, even right to the end. In, um, in a literal translation, is you break the, the, um, uh, the clay pot and you will ask to the end, right? And my mom, you know, uh, uh, at the receiving end of my endless questions as a child, uh, bought for me a series of books called Tell Me Why. A lot of those books because uh, they explain to you why the sky is blue, uh, how birds fly, and a lot of things, right? And that was my way of... That was how I was like as a child. And even growing up as an adult, I was always wanting to know why. Why, 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 why? And a few weeks ago, a member of of the church, right, asked me, right, if I knew why I knocked my head into the pole while I was running. And I told them, I was just not mindful. You know, I was... Then, you know, they asked, do you believe in sway or bad luck? Right? You know, superstitious things. And I told them, at least for this, I have an answer lah. I was just not... Number one, uh, there is some logic to it because the... The pole was in the middle um, of the pathway, right? Um, it was supporting the bus stop shelter. And usually the bus stop shelter has seats, right? And then you have, the, you have the supporting the shelter. It just happened that this part of the bus stop doesn't have seats and it leads to the pathway. And then the, support the pole is there and I ran right into it while I wasn't looking, right? I was on the path. In the, I was actually in the middle of the path, but actually it's still part of the bus stop got answer, right? This for this at least. But in other situations in my life, I do not have answers. I, have, I don't have answers why some of my family members have, been, you know, have gotten cancer, uh, whether they have a, lead a certain life or you know, whether their diet or what. I have no idea, right? Whether it was, I don't know whether it was meant to be, it was bad luck or just sway or it was a test. Nowadays, I'm very content not knowing. Because I realize I cannot control very much in life. Surrendering and learning to deal with what I can is my philosophy now. Then the member told me, I guess that's very freeing, right? Yes, it is freeing. I think that this is the basis of the serenity prayer. This prayer that um, um, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12-step groups always use. Um, and it's attributed to um, the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr. And the, the prayer is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Serenity to accept the things I cannot change or have no power over. The years have taught me to be wiser, that I actually have very little control. And it is in this prayer that I see in Bing Kuang serenity and peace comes from surrendering to God and letting go of the need to know why. We can still feel pain and grief, but there is also peace. And surrendering to God isn't about giving up. Surrendering to God is about trust, 
trusting God. And trusting God requires us to be anchored in knowing that we are beloved. It is something that I repeat a lot. Almost every week in church, you hear me say, you are beloved. It is almost like coming to something that you go like, Mia, can you stop it? You know, I hear enough already. I wonder if you feel that way. You need to hear it all the time. Because we hear a lot of other things um, in the other six days of our lives, the opposite. And perhaps there's some voice in your head that tells you otherwise as well. And I did some reflection about it. Why do we need so much convincing that we are beloved in God's eyes? What have we been taught about who we are about ourselves? And I want to ask you, what have you been taught about how God sees you or how you should see yourself? Think about it. Huh? What have you been taught, maybe not from FCC, about how God sees you and how you should see yourself? Of course, you can include what we teach. Lah. Not so I can imago day. And you just let the cat out of the bag, but never mind. What other ways? This, of course, is a positive way of seeing ourselves, right? But there are other ways that we've taught about how God sees us, and it may not be positive. Right? Sinner. Yes. Broken. Work in progress. That's a better way of saying broken, actually. Need to be forgiven, must try harder. Mm -hmm. What have you been taught about how God sees you? Righteous in Christ. Okay, uh, I'm... I'm God's child. Mm. One of the ways that we learn about how we see ourselves may not necessarily be just from teaching or from the sermon from the pulpit, but also from the songs that we sing. And one of the things that I struggled with, right, um, and that's... Uh, um, during the, the week, we sang Amazing Grace. It's my one of my favorite worship songs. Huh? And one, that phrase, right, saved a wretch like me, I understand how we can resonate with that, you know, because we do recognize that we are sinners. We are not perfect. We fall short, and we all need God's grace. But it can be really harmful to someone who, do, who does not see themselves as worthy of love and can only be wretched. Those of us who can see ourselves as beloved can balance it out, right? We can see ourselves as, you know, safe, a wretch like me. Yeah, I'm, there are times I'm wretched, but I'm also beloved. But if someone doesn't have that it doesn't have that groundedness that they know that they are beloved and constantly told that they were broken, that they were abominations, that they were undeserving of love, unworthy of love. They are not a child of God. 
Then, when they think I'm a wretch, it just piles on all these negativity on them. Jesus doesn't see us as wretches. Jesus sees us as beloved, friends, siblings, worthy of love and being loved. Jesus says, I love you and you are mine. I call you by name, embracing all your pain. Stand up now, walk and live. So as I was writing this sermon, I realized how, what, how we see ourselves has some influence from Calvinism. And how we see ourselves is also how we see other people. And what is Calvinism? For those of you who may not know, Calvinism is a Protestant theological system that originated in the 16th century as a response to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church then. It is based on the teachings of John Calvin, a French theologian and a pastor who lived from 1509 to 1564. You know, history lesson. One key doctrine of Calvinism is total depravity. And total de what does total depravity teach? That human beings are totally depraved. Every aspect of their being is corrupted by sin and unable to please God on its own. This emphasizes the need for God's grace in salvation, right? Some parts of it, yeah, I can accept, but totally depraved means that we cannot, there's no part of us that can please God. And I disagree with that. Yes, we need God's grace in salvation, but that doesn't mean that we are totally depraved. God created humankind and saw all that was good. And I, I, I reject the idea that every aspect of us is corrupted. We at FCC have been very heavily influenced by Methodism. And no surprise here huh? that we were influenced by that. Many of us come from Methodist Church and Reverend Yap was our um, pastoral advisor. And, that, and Methodism emphasizes the importance of free will and believes that we, human beings, have the ability to respond to God's grace and cooperate with God in our own salvation. Psalm 139, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. We recognize that our very existence is the result of God's creative power and intention. Fearfully made doesn't mean fear or anxiety but rather a sense of reverential awe and wonder in the face of this amazing complexity and intricacy that is our human body and our human mind. Sometimes I wonder, Lord, it's like, wow, looking at my wound heal so fast, I thought it would take a couple of months. You know, it's almost gone, right? Wow, that is wonder. That's awesome. How a wound, you know, caused by my own... Um, you know, not being present, was healed and restored, almost back to original. Of course, there's some scarring, but almost not noticeable unless I tell you it's there. That's wonder. That's the mystery and the miracle of God's power. 
we, as some of you have pointed out, are made in the image of God. We carry the Imago Dei. Our bodies, minds and souls are precious and deserving of respect and care. And this idea can inspire us to a sense of gratitude for the gift of life, the gift of all life, not just our own, as well as a sense of responsibility to use our gifts and talents for a greater good. This awareness is made that we are made in the image of God is reinforced when we connect with God. This awareness is also the awareness that we are beloved. Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It is in our connection with God that we fulfill, that we are transformed and that we're able to live fully. So I want to ask you, what are the ways that you connect with God? And do you do that regularly? There are some answers that I'm expecting actually, you know, that will pop up. If it doesn't pop up, I will be scratching my head. Bible reading, nature, Bible reading and prayer, prayer, reading God's word, listening to sermons in nature while walking, prayer and yes, regularly, that's good. Prayer, meditate, Bible um, reading, serving God's people, doing the exam, worship, church sermons, community, and look for God in other people. Well, you also need to look for God in yourself as well, right? Um, and that's important, you know. Being intentionally and loving to others and myself, yes. FaceTime and Zoom. Hopefully connecting with, um, with, with community, right? Being present and not enough, you know, you don't do that enough. I will admit, you know, some of these we don't really do enough of. Yeah. Prayer, cell group, church friends. Thank you. There are many ways to connect. And many of you have stated, right? Prayer, worship, um, Bible study, fellowship, um, you know, nature. I just went to the newly opened Rifle Range Nature Park last week. And it was a nice walk. Um, relatively quiet on a weekday morning. I know a lot of you might not be able to go on a weekday morning. I think weekends might be a little bit more challenging. And it was quiet and enough for reflection and connection with God. And I will tell you this. There are ways to connect with God that are not quite usual, right? And you will not think of it, huh? Like that was okay, nah? right? I feel connected with God when I'm fully present. But I may not be fully present. No, but I'm fully present. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing something actually to connect with God. So one of the things that I, I'm fully present doing is when I cook. I don't think about other distractions. I'm just focused on cooking. Because if I don't focus on, on cooking, right, I will likely um, make mistakes, right? I'll leave out something and, oh no, I forgot to put, you know, the, the soy sauce in just now. Oh no! It's only when I'm fully present that I'm able to, to cook well, right? Fully present in doing that. And one of the things I discovered recently, right, um, and just last month, um, was when I was doing the... Um, we're building model kits, right? And I built model kits you know, some time ago as well. But this time, I actually bought some paint from 
Japan. And this is called panel lining. Um, and because some of the model kits, the plastic has really engraved some lines. And I use the, the ink, and I drip the ink, and then it spreads on the lines, and it really makes the models stand out. You know, my Gundam really looked good when it was a very cheap model. And then you wash away the extra paint after it dries with, um, with um, the thinner, uh, paint thinner, and it's gone, and it looks very, very good. And I realized there was a dripping the paint on the model, I was absolutely present in that moment. And in that absolute presence, I felt connected to God, even though I'm not doing anything religious or spiritual, right? And that helped me think about, actually, we can connect with God all the time by being fully present in all things. And I come to think about the people that I met, right? Some of the priests and some of the um, you know, people who I can sense the presence of God with them, they are fully present. They are not distracted. When they talk to you, they are really talking to you. That's not something else going on in my mind. That's difficult for me to do, right? I always have something churning in my head. My invitation to you is to do everything fully present so you connect with God. I'll come back to re resilience, right? And I want to leave you with an image and a metaphor for resilience. You might have heard, be like the bamboo, bend and not break. It is, bamboo is flexible, bending with the wind but doesn't break so, you know, can withstand storms and capable of adapting to circumstances. But as I reflected on bamboo, you know, reflecting in nature and all that, there's more to bamboo than just being flexible. The bamboo is also rooted very strongly. If you're not rooted, wind blow, you know, it doesn't mean how flexible you are, you're going to break. You're, you're, not, you're not going to break, but you're going to collapse. And you're going to be uprooted. But the bamboo is also rooted strong, anchored strongly. So we need to be anchored strongly in God's love, knowing first and foremost we are beloved. And nothing can change that love. And knowing that when bad things happen, it is not happening because we are being punished by God. Also, related to this routine, bamboos don't grow individually. They gain resilience and strength because they grow together. The root systems are all interconnected. You know, the, the bamboo forests uh, in, in Japan are wonder to behold. And they are resilient because they are standing together, rooted together. May we be like bamboo, that while we might look like individuals standing up, our roots are anchored deeply in God's love in community. And that is our journey as we walk each other towards whole, whole towards growth and wholeness in Christ. Thank you. As we prepare ourselves for a time of Holy Communion, I invite you to bring yourselves into a bit of a different posture, 
Perhaps take a moment, a uh, deep breath, and let us center ourselves in the present moment, bringing our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies into communion with God. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together, although more, more so than before. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient for all of us. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. And all together, Surely, Surely goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We, we offer grateful thanks for your, your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in the right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares this table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace. For our shepherd knows us as no one else can, restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. For those of you who are new to us, um, the stewards will be distributing the elements. So um, please take uh, one cup and a piece of bread and hold on to it and we will partake together.
the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. I invite you to rise if you are willing and able and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. God of love, you abide with us. Your loving presence stills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, you may pass the cups to the center aisle for, collect, for collection by the stewards. Welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. As I was listening to the sermon, uh, I think the quote that comes to mind when it comes to resilience, it says that ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. So don't let, don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. So if you happen to be in a stormy phase of your life, uh, do remember that... Is what you, what we allow to get into ourselves that actually weighs us down. So welcome to Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. I think we always state this because we want to say that you are welcome regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of your gender, your gender identity, your social economic status, your height, your looks, and everything. You are welcome and you are a beloved child of God. It's very important for us to state that you are a beloved child of God because I think a lot of times we hear that God loves us, God loves us but it's so difficult to let it sink into both into our hearts that God loves us because in this world do we actually experience God's love? I think a quote that, I mean one definition of love that I like very much is love is giving the other the power to hurt you but you trust that they do not Unfortunately, as human beings, even though we try to love, time to time and time again, we hurt each other, even though we say we hurt each other with the intent of loving each other. So I think uh, FCC stands as a community where we try to really uh, live out God's love to each and every one, regardless of who you are. So welcome, everyone. So if you're new to FCC, whether you're here for the first time or the fourth time or the 40th time, if you, have not, if you do not know what FCC stands for or if you have not participated in the newcomers meeting before, uh, you can leave us your details at fcc.ly slash welcome. We have a newcomers meeting every last Sunday of the month. So for this 
month, the newcomers meeting is on 26th of February, immediately after service. So if you're interested to join us, uh, I, this newcomers meeting is actually hybrid. You can join us on site immediately after service or you can just email info at freecomchurch.org to get a link so that you can uh, talk to the pastors, talk to some of the leaders, get to know what FCC stands for and why FCC is the only inclusive church in Singapore that affirms you for whoever you are. Now we'll continue our worship by giving. So you may give by scanning the two QR codes, the PayNow QR codes. One goes to the FCC General Fund and one goes to the FCC Building Fund. You may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, please note that giving by credit card goes only to the FCC General Fund and the platform actually uh, charges a 1.5% platform fee. So for those on site, if you want to give uh, later, the stewards will be going around with the offering back. But let us now pray. God, indeed, we give thanks that we are your creation, created in your image. But we know the difficulty of seeing the other in your image. And sometimes we face difficulty seeing ourselves made in your image. We know that you love us. And you call us to love each other. May we continue to respond in your love. With the giving of our finances, with the giving of our time, with the giving of our effort. So that in this world, where many seem lost, where love seems like a scarcity, that we may be your representative of love. That each of us will know that we are your beloved child. God, we continue to ask for your guidance and your strength and your wisdom to guide this church and every individual here to walk in your path. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. So if you'd like to drop something into the offering bag, you may just raise your hands and the stewards will come forward to you. Now we have come to the announcement segment of the service. First announcement, estate planning. I think FCC is a church that I wouldn't want to call us old, but we are 20 years old this year. The church is young, but the congregants may not be that young. So if you are interested in attending an after-church event, our February after-church event is on estate planning. We have actually uh, linked up with a law firm, estate planning consultants and partners uh, to hold this event on 26 February at 1pm. So if you are interested, you may scan the QR code or you may register at scc.ly slash ACE. Actually, whether you are old or young, it is always good to plan, uh, plan ahead, plan ahead. We, our treasures are in heaven, but we need to deal with the treasures on earth too. Okay, next. Uh, TMART is also back. TMART is our uh, volunteer to the transgender elderly community. There is, uh, we actually buy essential items for them. For some of them, maybe do not have work or uh, do not have enough to live by. So there's a donation option of a group buy. It doesn't matter whether you want to donate one can of food or one packet of uh, noodles or something like that. You may find more information at freecomchurch.org slash t-mat. 
Uh, the closing date is actually also 26th of February and the delivery date will be on the 5th of March, which is a Sunday. So if you're interested, you may contact Wendy at the number indicated. So seed, seed is happening also on 26th of February. Wow, 26th of February, February is a very hang day, is it? <laughs> Since you're talking about sway in the sermon. But then, uh, well, seems to be a very happening day. So 26th of February, SEED, SEED stands for Settle Easily, Engage Deeply. It's actually a program, actually, we want all our newcomers or people who do not know the history of FCC to participate in. It's actually a four-session event held every other week, uh, every other Sundays after service. So SEED Season 13 is happening on 26th of February. If you're interested to join, uh, please send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. So Lunch Kakis. Lunch Kakis is an initiative by the FCC Welcome Team because we know that sometimes when you come by yourself alone to church and then after lunch, everybody goes into their cliques and then you've got nobody to go out with. The Lunch Kakis is here to cure you for lunch. So if you are interested to have some conversations during lunch, you may join the Lunch Kakis. Today, Lunch Kaki is... I don't know who today's Lunch Kaki is. <laughs> Oh, Lexi is today's lunch kaki. So she'll be at the back of the church and then you can join her. Yeah, she'll, she'll wait for you guys. She's actually in the hive. Okay. So, uh, yeah, please go to Lexi if you want to have, uh, find, find somebody for lunch. Uh, she'll make sure that the conversation flows during lunch for you. Yeah. The welcome team is also calling for volunteers. Be part of the welcome team. When you come in to church in the morning, you'll see the welcome team. Ouch opening the doors and welcoming you. Uh, when you leave, they'll be at the door saying goodbye to you. So if you are outgoing, if you are happy, always with a smiling face, and you really, really like to learn to welcome people, join the welcome team. You may send an email to info at freecomchurch.org also, or you may contact Sean Lee at the number listed above. Now, oh, there's one more announcement, yes. Church retreat! After the Chinese year lunch on 5th of February, after a three-year break, the church retreat is also coming back. Church retreat 2023 is on 2nd to 4th of June, so save the dates, save the dates. It will be at the Batam Swiss Bell Hotel, which we are going there for three days, two nights. So save the date. Uh, more information will be coming to you. Uh, Please do come and join us. It's been three long years since we have like gathered together as an entire church. We would like to see you and get to know you beyond this Sunday service, beyond our cell groups, beyond our ministries. Uh, let's get to know each other more as an FCC family. Now we invite Pastor Pauline up to celebrate the February babies. Thank you. So, uh, once a month, we celebrate all our monthly babies, okay? And so, we have the names of our babies here. Uh, don't worry, I know some of you, your names, you might be your birthday, but your, how come your name is not there? Uh, this is based on our membership role, okay? So, if you're not officially a member of our church, your name may not be there, but we want to celebrate you as well. And now that we get to do this, we're going to have birthday cake after a long, long time of not having birthday cakes. And I just want to invite those of you who might be here present, you know, to come up so we can pray for you, uh, so we can sing for you. Uh, don't be shy lah. Huh? And if your name doesn't appear here, it's okay also. So those of you who are February babies, you know, yeah. will you just come up? Oh, I see our pastor, huh? February baby. Okay, come. Come join him, okay? Come, come, come. Come, come, come. I know. 
Then all right, come, 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 come. Don't be shy, don't be shy. Come, lie, lie, lie. Come, Darren. Anyone else? Okay, it's okay. Ah. If you're very shy, never mind. You can stay seated, okay? So we want to just wish all of our beloved siblings a very happy birthday, okay? Shall we pray for them first? Then be sick, lah. Okay, come, 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 Raymond. <laughs> okay, let's, let's pray for all of our February babies, okay? Dear God of love, in love you made us, in love you created us to be love for love. And so we thank you for our siblings who uh, are celebrating their birthdays this month. We thank you for the gift of their presence in our lives, in this community. We thank you for how you have loved them and how they have loved us and that we have an opportunity to love them as well. And we pray that even as they begin this new year, uh, that this new year will be one that is blessed by you, that you'll continue to watch over each one of them, that you'll grant them wisdom and great joy each and every day of their lives. I pray also that as a community, that we'll learn what it means to support them, to love them, to walk alongside them, even as they grow into your likeness. I just want to commit all of them, each one of them, into your loving care, into your hands, and ask that God, you move in their lives, mold them so that they become the people that you have called them to be. So I thank you for them. I thank you for all that you have blessed us with through them. And I just want to commit each of them into your hands as we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we sing for them? Yay, now we can sing also, right? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so now to continue our singing, we're going to invite our worship team back for our last song before we go into the benediction. Okay, thank you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Uh, you may stand if you if you're really enabled. Thank you. Let's sing Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul.
my time has come still my soul will sing your praise So now, go out as the beloved people of God, knowing that no matter what the circumstances you may be dealing with, no matter how challenging or difficult, that God goes with you every step of the way. And in the midst of that, in the midst of storms, in the midst of challenges, that God is molding you, helping you to grow towards all that God is calling you to be. So now go. And may I, uh, the God of love go with you always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. And go out and be blessed and have a blessed week ahead.